0: guys, welcome. We're back for the sixth season of Talking Preps, which is crazy. Uh, we wow. made it this far and thanks for the viewers for watching and, and listening on the podcast. Make sure you download us on the podcast. Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast. Uh, we're on YouTube or on Facebook. Sure. Make sure you click like on at Charlotte Preps on uh, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. Sure. Uh, I got my my crew is all shrunk since the last time I saw them. Hey, smaller <laughs> so than me. I don't know what's going on. We got my man Jonathan Grace over there. What's up, Grace? Glad to be here. Another season of talking preps. So I'm excited for it. Absolutely, absolutely. You got the Guru Chris Hughes. Lost a Guru on the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I think I lost a kindergartner too. But yeah, um, yeah. I'm somehow the other you roped me into it. I'm still I here covering football. Twenty uh, some <laughs> years. I guess you couldn't kick me out yet. But I'm happy to be here amongst friends. Absolutely, my man
0: Dale Ross. How you doing?
2: Good, good. Glad to be here. Glad we're doing this. And
0: off camera, we got Cameron Williams, who's going to be working for the Observer this year, and he's going to be on talking Preps every week, so we're going to definitely bring him in and introduce him. But, you know, I want to kind of get to it, Chris. What makes the start of high school football so special?
1: Well, it's like the start of a new year. It's like opening day in baseball. You know, I kind of equate it to the same thing. You know, the difference in high school football and college football and the NFL is you know, it can be community against community, you know, it can be a neighborhood or a town or a county, and, and it's just special to the community. So I think that that in itself just brings out a specialness to, to football that's maybe different than, than especially the college or the, the pro ranks.
0: Bryce, you coach, what's it like for you, you know, kicking off the start of season? because everybody going to the state championship on week zero, right? I mean, and and not even just that. I mean, I think it's even
3: beyond the state championship. I mean, I think, you know, know, Guru got into it. I mean, it's representing your community. I mean, you get those goosebumps knowing that you got everybody from your community in the stands ready to see, you know, what the team looks like, full of hope, optimism, and you just have everyone that's genuinely excited to see their community represented by this football team and whatever's going on in this world, whatever is going on, out here, you forget about it for two and a half hours, and the only thing that matters
0: is between those lines. Absolutely. Well, Dale, up in Charlotte this year, we got a brand new team, Palisades yep. High School. They must have a lot of hope and faith and belief right now. And I know you went out to see them. What do you think about Palisades?
2: So, Palisades, if my kids were still in school, that would be their assigned school. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm highly impressed with Coach Simmons. Mm. Uh, to be a first- friend, yeah. yeah. But to be a first-year head coach, he's got uh, the organization. I, uh, I think he's got everything, including there's talent there. But uh, yeah, great facilities. Yeah, oh, the facilities <laughs> yeah. guys yeah. are phenomenal. <laughs> the The big thing's going to be, you know, there's two aspects to being a football player: mental and, and uh, your physical abilities. Because mm-hmm. mental takes in heart and everything, and yeah. he gets uh, that mental part uh, going over there.
0: They they they
2: will. Potentially win some games this year.
0: Games plural, you said.
2: Yeah, uh, not not like six, seven, eight games. But they you, don't have any seniors, though. They don't have any seniors. There is was, that going to
0: hurt not having you know the older guys, the bigger, stronger, faster guys?
2: You know, I think the bigger thing that hurts is just not having more time with the guys that you've got. Mm-hmm. So getting them molded into your system because you've got players from Olympic, Harding, mm-hmm. South Mecklenburg. Was a late Norman Charter. There was a kid there from Clover, uh, at least one. So you got all these different uh, attitudes that are coming and in,
0: knowing different systems too.
2: Knowing different systems. So I, uh, he said, he told me, he said, give me three sixty-five, Mister Ross. And I said, really, you need two to three. But uh, he <laughs> thinks,
0: <Christie> was <laughs> ten in one year too. I mean, I don't know. You know, it, it, it can happen. Gryce, uh, I know you high on Simmons. What do you think he has? The the, the challenge he has over there, and how quickly can he get past those hurt? I mean, he he has a big challenge. One, I think, thing that
3: helps him is the conference. I think if you you know measure or rank the conferences around, I mean, I think that conference. Would be one of the ones that he could come in immediately and make some hey, You've got yeah. some other schools there that immediately he has a facilities upgrade, as we talk about with the harding, yeah. you know, against a uh, uh, Barry. I think that's a part of that conference, and even with taking some of the players from a promising Olympic team, I, yeah. I would argue that we all felt Olympic was trending on the way up. So getting some players from that community, I think that you know that are there can give him those opportunities. I mean, we talk about the promising young quarterback in Jarek Cotolsky. Mm-hmm. We know and have heard, you know, what he can he says, do.
0: Can he gets he's an opportunity,
3: good. and I think that kid doesn't lack confidence yeah. and, and has had the ability, had a successful JV run in yeah. that same conference. Yeah. So yeah. there's no lack of familiarity there. We talk about the coach. I mean, you know, Simmons, Coach Simmons is, is from good stock. We mm. know, you know, he's talking about, you saw know, my message listening to Coach Brand talk yeah. about those old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Simmons was with Coach Brand for a while. So understanding the structure of a championship level team is right there. It's with Huff. And one thing I like about a coach like Simmons, he was the special teams coach. Mm. In any program. You're at. You talk about winning those games and, and, and Dale here Stop mentioned those games. You've got a special teams guy and a guy who's been successful with doing a lot of things in that in that arm of the game that gives you those advantages and helps you win games that you ordinarily wouldn't win.
0: Alright, I'm going to stay with you. Tell me who you think are the heavyweights in North Carolina this year and also tell me who you think might surprise the people. Yeah,
3: I think you know we got to start. You know, with some of the you know we always talk about some of the same songs, some of the classics, still are the classics. I think Fight Club. Yeah, uh, Fight. The Fight Club still <laughs> exists. I think Chambers, of course, still seems like they reloaded coaches, but a lot of that talent still there with some new young faces. I'm excited, you know, to see them grow. We'll talk about them, of course, a little later. Um, Cardinal Gibbons, I still think, you know, to be the man, you know, you got to beat the man. And, I mean, with a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of that they did last year. Coach Chris, was Wright, Chris, was
0: this a no-shake? You know, yeah.
3: but again, and, and, and I think, you know, some of those people also in Raleigh and Leesville Road would have something to say about yeah. that. I think yeah. they're on the on the board of there again. Big, they get their big, running big, duck, big, man.
0: big number from the good room, <laughs> from, some, from someone who says he's been out of
3: sports, I think he's got some strong opinions. Um, you know, but I think, you know, East Forsyth, we saw them. They were, they were close. Very they close. really showed, like, you know, they had the ability there and who can forget Richmond County I, I don't care what you say they're young as crap he's shaking his head again but I'm not doubting Coach Brian Till not doubting what they can bring and that yeah. old line looks ready Mark Butler Butler yes. is one on the precipice that's they right there
0: quarterback Zach last time young, they had a young quarterback young, young Zach you know what Lawrence
3: I think is, is a kid I mean a kid I've known for a while and a kid I, I, I've been singing his praises He's got that opportunity. You know, I think one area that we'll, I'll be interested to see is from the offensive line perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, they had Xavier and Brower had a big year last year. But one thing that helped Zaya uh, as he was able to be successful was his mobility. That was one thing that, you know, I, I was there for the Richmond County game. Clearly, I was on the opposite sideline in the Mallet Creek-Butler game. That's one thing that I think helped, you know, Zay's ability to extend. Mm. And this year, someone's got to step up in that backfield. We've got, you know, we've had Worthy. We've had some of the major Butler backs that we've talked about in the past. Mm. We don't have that one guy this year for that team. Yeah. Someone's got to step up
1: for them to reach that heavyweight uh, function in the 4A fight club. All right, rebuttal. Well, I'm going to say this about Butler. Butler was my pick. Months ago, they have that one, you know, that bring your lunch pail to work mentality. They are the blue collar <laughs> team in Charlotte, if you ask me. But you got Butler one. I, they're I, they're they're no, they're not my number one team in the state. I'm just saying. I think Butler. Well, okay, right. I think Butler is that surprise team oh, okay, that sure, can sure, come so. up there and beat a lot of really good teams. Mm-hmm. And and do I have them one? No, but are they in the mix? Could they? Absolutely. Um, but in my opinion, it's East Forsyth and everybody else. East no. Forsyth no. is so far no. and away no. above everybody else in North Carolina. I think they're the top dog. Uh, and then you look out east, you know, Rollsville. Don't don't forget about Rollsville. I know they got a coaching change. They got a wide no, receiver. <laughs> Noah Rogers. I'm a, I'm gonna mark it down, you know. I've I have you have heard me say Nick Maddox's name yeah, for years yeah, and years yeah, and years. Yeah, yeah. Noah Rogers may be the best wide receiver I've ever seen in high school football in North Carolina. He is that good. Yeah, if he, he says that. He, he, that's that's true. Um, Hold on, wait a minute. I, I
0: thought, just saw I, Steve Ship the other day, though. I I just I, I see Steve Ship too. I don't I'm I'm in that age bracket <laughs> too. Don't
1: don't, don't I worry. I've seen Steve, Steve. Ship.
0: <laughs> I, I thought he was I thought he was on vacation
1: and right. not
3: paying attention. He's coming. He's coming to midseason four. He's coming, strong, mid-season he's coming to midseason four. Before
1: Noah Rogers, I thought the best receiver I'd ever seen in North Carolina was Keenan Allen. Mm -hmm. Noah Rodgers is very much on that same trajectory of what I see. His speed, his physicality, and that's the one thing that I – Steve Schiff was
0: a master player to you. I I know. Steve Schiff. Hey, I love Steve Schiff. He was phenomenal. He was on USA Today like the whole page.
1: (laughs) Hey, Rollsville coming out of the east. I think Newbern out of the east, you know – Richmond oh, I mean, County, I'm going to tell you, another team coming out of the East and nobody's thinking about Pinecrest. Think about Nick Adams coming over from Crest. Hey, That's uh, a good Pinecrest is scary loaded with a lot of upperclassmen talent. I think they're going to have a lot to say with the Eastern side. Uh, Rollsville, you know, Leesville Road, powerful running game. Leesville Road's going to be very technically sound. They're going to be really good. Looking here in uh, Charlotte, I don't think it's Charlotte and everybody else maybe like it used to be. And mm-hmm. by the way, I'm not forgetting about Cardinal Gibbons. Uh, you know, till you beat the man, you can you got to beat the man to, to be the man. They've been to three straight state championship games. Um, and then of course here in Charlotte, I mean Chambers, I think they're going to be really good. I think I think Mallard Creek, I think they're going to be a little bit better. I mean, there's still going to be a lot of the same particulars here in the west.
0: I think Mallard Creek could be really really good this year. What do it? think? Possibly. 17 starters uh, back, you know, third-round they, Exactly. They've got a they lot back. they got an all quarterback yeah. from Charlotte. And I know the, the speed limit's going up for him a little bit this year, but I think yeah. – A little bit. He's going down to Beaufort Georgia week, too. That's uh, I'm going uh, uh, that's, that's 45 a, to 95. Uh, I get that. We'll know well, no, early, is, yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they have all those guys back from a team that made the playoffs, right. and they added and one the, thing they yeah. needed as a quarterback.
2: I think so. Uh, I think they – within their conference uh, – Getting by both Huff and Vance is going to be real tough. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, (laughs) Chambers. I can't get it past I can't get it. I do it. But, uh, uh, of course, I think Chambers, we'll have to see how they come about with the the coaching change because I still believe coaching changes have impacts. And uh, Chambers has stepped through them without issue. Uh, actually got better, I guess, as far as uh, finishing the season's out concerned. But uh, you know, I, I, actually, out of all the ones mentioned in Charlotte, I'm going to be kind of impressed to see what happens with uh, South Mac. I
1: agree. And, and you know, Dale, just to complete what you're saying, you know, coaching changes will be an impact. And I think that Chambers made And I think Chambers will do fine with their coaching change. But another team that I think is going to be actually better with their coaching change is myers Park. Don't forget about Jason McManus, what they're doing. I think that a they a,
0: a an incredible lifetime. pedigree of a yeah, head coach. Yeah. And, and he
1: should have been a head coach 10, 12 years ago. Uh, I think that that's a team that's not going to miss two weeks. Myers should be hungry
0: this year, too. All Absolutely. Those, all the bad news, they want to kind of Absolutely. turn it around. Everything all right, but now we're going to find out who are the top teams in the state, at least in our preseason poll. We're going to turn it over to Alex, the great Alex, your man, Alex Bass. Alex Bass, baby. He's got the rankings for us statewide. We're going to check out with Alex right now.
4: Here we are with the 2022 high school football season. Sorry, I can't be with you in person today, but technology enables us to thrive. So let's take a look at some of our rankings here. Let's begin with our state 1A rankings. And the beat goes on for Tarboro, championship community, championship program, year after year, and until something changes, they lead the way. And our 2A classification, once again, you talk about thriving football communities, Reedsville and Shelby, right at the top of the heap in terms of 2A state championships year after year after year. Uh, used to be very special when they would meet in a state final and they lead the way once again until something changes. Uh, moving on to 3A. So what we see here, Dudley out of Greensboro, perennial power, which made... A statement, once again, with a convincing championship win last year. Looking through the rest of these 3A rankings, once again, Perennial Powers, Havelock, Crest. uh, Speaking of that Cleveland County tradition, once again, South Point from down in Belmont. Just always persevering once again. But the chase is for Dudley. Steven Davis has another talented crop to enable the Panthers to be right in the mix for another run. No surprise there. Looking forward to a great competition right there. And our 4A classification moving on. Uh, number one will be uh, Cardinal Gibbons, the Crusaders. 14 wins on the field last year, finished 16-0 per External circumstances, but an undefeated state champion entering this season, returning seven starters on the defensive side of the ball. Very, very possible that the Cardinal Gibbons defense under the leadership of defensive coordinator Nick Drew could be the school's best defense ever. Looking through the rest of those rankings, East Forsyth, which was the 2019 4A, which was one of the last years of subdivision state champion, beat Cardinal Gibbons in that game, as a matter of fact. Uh, Loaded with talent, once again, will be right in the mix. Chambers, even without Dalen Smothers, will be in the mix. Huff, which had a tête-à-tête, or head-to-head with Chambers last year, uh, in a, what arguably was the strongest conference in the state, will be right there in the mix. And you see the usual players in the game who are just laden with championship legacies. Uh, Richmond County at number seven, that's akin to the number of state championships that the Raiders have won in the school's history. That would be seven, which is tied for most in state history at the 4A level, the largest classification with Independence out of Charlotte. And the Raiders, maybe not the Richmond of old, but always in the mix. But once again, another great community that Rallies around its program. You're really talking about a place where the town effectively, Rockingham effectively shuts down on home football Friday night. So just speaks to the tradition that the Raiders have. Their seven state championships tied for most in the state's largest classification with Charlotte Independence, which also won seven. So they'll always be in that mix. Weddington, Will Shipley of course he was fantastic but you can move two three years away from him the warriors under andy capone have a system and a machine that continues to thrive and churn out winners mallard creek looks to be back on uh, a national level this year the pieces are there it seems for kennedy tinsley moving forward and newburn out of the east so just looking once again a great mixture of teams who can compete. We'll see how this bracketing plays out in the end, which will make for a great championship, landscape, and pursuit.
0: All right, thanks, Alex, for those rankings. I'm sure they're gonna spur a little controversy around the state. We'll have those every week. Make sure you tune in. Got Mr. Football coming up. That, that should be oh, yeah. exciting. Uh, let's have a little quick rapid fire. We got my man, Cameron Williams. Cameron, welcome to the program. How you doing?
5: Good, it's good to be here.
0: Yeah, can't wait to get him started. He's been going out to some games for us, UNC Charlotte graduates, So Charlotte 489 fans, stand up. Uh, so Cameron, let's get you right. Uh, right to if People are talking about the Gibbons and the Chambers and the East Forsyth. Christian said East for number one team in the state, bar none. What about Huff? They were right there last year. Almost got to the state championship game up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Didn't win that game. I'm sure they're hungry. What do you think?
5: Yeah, definitely hungry. Um, you know, you mentioned they were right there against Chambers. Mm-hmm. Um, just a few little miscues in that fourth quarter. You know, Chambers is going to take advantage of the miscues, and they certainly did that, but you know, Huff looks ready. Um, I got to talk to Coach Jenkins and Tad Hudson, their senior quarterback, this past week, and they seem very, I mean, optimistic. But you know, Coach Jenkins, he knows that his defense is going to be young. Um, they return most of their guys on offense, which, uh, Tad, he's very excited about. You know, there's no chemistry building needed there. You know, he's already got that, and so uh, yeah, he seems very
0: ready. Got to shout out Kenzie on Huddy Dimes. Can Huddy
3: Dimes Kenzie. get it done? Kenzie. Yeah. I, I mean, again, that was a tough situation. I think that was one of the most incredible games, though, with them against Chambers that I watched. Um, You know, we always talk about, was it, third and 26? 50 or whatever. It was, it was third was. and 26 <laughs> is the new second and, was it, second and, 20, yeah. second and 29, the yeah. Alabama versus Georgia yeah. game. Yeah. I, I was literally on the 20-yard line on the Chambers sideline watching that play, and, you know, it it was one of the more incredible things I've seen recently in high school football. And that's going to spur you to go one of two ways. Yeah. Um, it's really going to put that chip on your shoulder, really get you to focus and work hard for the next year. Yeah. Or it's going to kind of put you in a situation where you're never the same. They're a the major crossroads. I mean, you've got one of the best quarterbacks, I would say, in the state whose time has finally run up. I mean, you know, we've kind of talked about how it feels like he's been there six or seven years. Yeah, My I'm head coach now at Cox Mill, Deshaun Baker, was his offensive coordinator, and he's he going into his third Richmond year. Played at Richmond his freshman year. Played at yeah, Richmond, yeah. started at yeah, Richmond his yeah, freshman yeah. year. So, I mean, you've got a kid with a ton of varsity experience. This is finally his senior year. What is he going to do with it? He's got the offense, got the guys. I feel like he needs to be successful. But, you know, he's really going to have to carry the load this year with the young defense.
0: Going to be excited to see how they look. Let me flip it a little bit. You've been on Twitter talking about South Carolina has an advantage on North Carolina in terms of practice and when they can hit and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Why is that? I mean, It's one of those things that's just frustrating because when you have our state
3: association, whether implicitly or explicitly, encouraging interstate games between North Carolina teams and South Carolina teams, Mm -hmm. when we're put in a situation in week one where the standards are inequitable, where one team is able to, again, get scrimmage games, get live reps against another team, Mm -hmm. and be able to start sooner than another, and then they have to actually compete on a level playing field. It, the situation isn't the same, and I think that's something that we need to adjust. We can't sit here, again, the same team we're talking about, can they do it? Now we're going to sit on here and judge them week one off of their performance when they're going against someone on a different playing field who's been allowed to do more. I just don't think that's fair, and especially in a world where coaches are, you know, getting scrutinized and getting fired getting let go or, or however you may have it, that's putting them in a situation. Our state literally is putting them in a situation, I think, where they're at a disadvantage, and that's something I don't think is appropriate or fair. You've been around a long time yeah. I
2: think. well it's it's not just that they start earlier in the uh, for their fall practice mm-hmm. their year-round thing mm-hmm. so and, and their integration of the coaches into the school and uh, athletics and football in particular being a more fundamental thing within the school mm-hmm. so it's a year-round thing that they're developing players. Uh, the fact that they they hit before we do, mm-hmm. uh, they actually have full game scrimmages before we have just normal team practice scrimmages. Mm-hmm. They, as Bryce said, they are much further ahead. So. Uh, I don't use that as a judgment of what a Charlotte or a uh, one of the border. We have a lot of border schools that play, yeah. you know, across border early season, because uh, you know there is an advantage. But I don't
0: think John Q. Public knows. They just say South Carolina beat North exactly. Carolina So they're
2: better. You know what? What's it take? Two to three weeks to get your team to start getting your team in line for what you know. I usually say by the third week of the season, third to fifth week of the season, you know what you've got, and mm-hmm. and what you've got is going to be pretty much carry through. It, it'll mature, but you've got yourself in line by your, say, let's say third week of the season. Uh, South Carolina's nearing that point when we play them in the first game, so. Uh, there is an advantage. it is There's definitely an it right, let,
0: let me take you back to Myers Park. They're starting a new, another new coach. We talked about McManus coming in, and they got another new system. What do you expect mm-hmm. from the Mustangs this year? So, f- four
2: coaches in four seasons. Yes. Uh, that's a lot of change.
0: Four systems.
2: Four systems. And a huge... Uh, the first change wasn't that big of a change, you know, going from Chadwick to Harmon. To lose uh, your coach
0: right before the season? So well, was,
2: but Harmon was the staff, assistant. Yeah. He was the assistant head football coach. Yeah. And the system and everything changed. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think... You just lost the
0: head they, coach. They did get to the state semifinals. They got to the state, the state the best semifinals. In history, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and
2: and that kind of set up expectations for last season, yeah. which overall was, uh, you know, what well, uh, conference they? So no, they, they tied. What they? Should, what they? I mean, they they, they tied it was with the away. Right, right? uh, excuse me, well, uh, the South, South macon and Ardrey Yeah. And they should have gone They should have gone under. No. And then they had to give that up too, right? Uh, yeah, that's true. So, A yeah, little, little scandal. But <laughs> they didn't go deep in the playoffs. No, yeah. And they didn't impress quite the level that we thought they were because they were on that trajectory of, yeah. of this is going to be a state title yeah, they computer. started out
0: game buses absolutely but do exactly. you expect, can they get back to that level of harm year? they have
2: the they have the talent there yes, to do it yeah. and it's just a matter of adapting to a new system and does that blend in uh, maybe things go smoother based off of you know the new toys Shiny new toys no. thing. Here we go to shiny uh, new toys. Uh, <laughs> that was Alex. not Alex my Where's Alex? I know. No. I know, right? That's for you, Alex. Uh, but we don't have the shiny new toys syndrome, which and really there's a lot that goes around that syndrome. And Mr. Newman. And Mr. Mr. Newman. Newman is not there anymore, And that, yeah, exactly. So uh, I think they can compete, but right now I, I, I have it hard to say that they're a head and shoulders, or even above. Audrey Kel and uh, South Mecklenburg. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: Charlotte's always sending teams to the state finals, Grace. Um, does that end this year? And um, I'm checking my sheet. Who's coming out of the East?
3: I mean, I, I think you're going to get a Charlotte team to to go to the state final. I mean, the guru
0: just said, Easter Sites, head and shoulders, they play in the West.
3: I've got to see it. I've got to see it. Yeah. You know, I think Easter yeah, East Sites is a really good football team. What's I think that summer
0: team not from Charlotte, main state? Is that Page? I think it was, was the Paige? last. That was 2011. Was that
3: the first? It's been now? a while. I'm trying to think of what teams.
0: That's because the... Chambers
3: have been the four in a row. And then Mallet Creek Malakreek Creek one hit year. Three Chambers at four and maybe a it's... year or two. It may be one in there, I think page there yeah. was the it's one. It's nearing a decade. So, yeah.
0: so to your point.
3: I I just think again, you know, you've got the Charlotte teams that are that are just too strong. I think you're starting to see some change. You know, what was I think Glenn upset Myers Park uh, mm-hmm. to to advance in the playoffs, but. You know, we're seeing those <laughs> matchups. Right. <laughs> we're seeing those matchups still there. I mean, you know, you saw Easter Side come down here and lose to Huff. Yeah. You're going to have to see a, a team from the Triad really bring themselves down here and really take that step but you're seeing Glenn again yeah, I think I, I think Glenn you know really you know made that great step by playing chambers they're playing yeah. them again yeah. they're doing you know what needs to be done I think that's the first step of seeing the tide shift mm-hmm. teams coming down to Charlotte preparing for the playoffs to say hey I can do this in August I can do this in September i just won
0: one last year because they wrapped up they ratcheted up their schedule
3: and, and I think that's what it takes if you're going to be a team outside of the area that's considered the hotbed you've got to go in there and get your kids conditioned to say mm-hmm. this is is what's needed to get over the Rose hump. Rose went the same be thing. Better. Rose
0: went down Agree. Uh, and they played Easter like side County as well. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: And I think that's what you're going to see. Um, I think this year, when you talk about the East, though, to me that's going to be one of the most competitive sides. I mean, you know, we always talk about the West being the fight club. Yeah. Uh, I would give it to 4A, but the 4A West a lot of times has been that fight club. Yeah, yeah. The East, I mean, like you said, you know, Gurus already talked about Pinecrest. I mean, we know you know, Coach Eddings yeah. from Crest is, yeah. is over there. He's going to make sure they're an instant contender. Yeah. Gibbons, I mean, again, you've got to beat them to get through Nick there. Nick Drew, shout out Nick Drew. Hey, Nick <laughs> Drew is that guy. You know, he's become, like I said, the darling of, of the show. But you've got a lot of talent. you got a lot of programs. There, I mean, yeah. again, I'm still, I'm, I'm still going to talk right. about Leesville Road. I think that's one of the best running backs, him and, and Herring and, and Newburn. I mean, you've got some of those best running backs, Samson and Newburn, yeah. on the defensive side. So you talk about the, the the key players, but I don't think there's a team that's head and shoulders above that East. You got five or six teams. Hold oh, the feet to the fire. I mean, you got to beat the man first to, to consider it different. I mean, Coach Wright is, has done an exceptional job and has taken that next step to play the teams. He wasn't scared. The schedule and make sure you've got chambers on that schedule again and go to South Carolina
0: to yeah, do right. it takes all the <laughs> kudos in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, there's no heavyweight necessarily above or beyond in the public schools, but in the private schools, Providence Day looks like they had the shows above everybody. What do you think?
5: Uh, yeah, Providence Day. Uh, you know, you said, are they that good? They yeah. they are going to be that good. Um, they return several players, both on offense and on defense. They got like and, a dozen power five dudes on this team. Yeah, and you know, number one being Jaden Davis, their quarterback, uh, previously from Catawba Ridge, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he's coming in. Got offers from Bama, Georgia, Clemson. You got Bama and Georgia in the eighth grade. <laughs> he just in the eighth grade. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so. You know, you got a guy like that leading the team, and, you know, their head coach, Chad Greer, he he realizes that, you know, this team could be the team that can you know, go undefeated and run the table.
0: Is Providence Day going to be IMG?
2: You know, it's looking like it. Um, who, would, it who wouldn't want to play for Chad yeah. if you have an opportunity? Especially if you're a quarterback it, or a receiver. Especially if you're a quarterback or a receiver, yeah. exactly. Uh, you know, when, when Chad took that job, a lot of us thought that, that's what's going to happen, and, yeah. and but Providence yeah. Day will move to uh, maybe plan a little bit more of a national schedule, I believe.
0: So, yeah, yeah. I
2: think unfortunately, I think so we'll this, start this is the beginning
0: it. of of the monster. Uh, exactly cue, cue the Darth Vader music I like used to say about Malik Creek No question
2: This, I think this year Is going to be Phenomenal for them It's yeah, going to be a phenomenal. Yeah. Year. They, they just
0: have to Watch out Not playing down To the competition Because that's some games That right. aren't necessarily Going to get catch their eyes They have to be make sure They don't have One of those weeks When we turn the ball over or it rains And we miss
5: an extra point Or something they got back to back weeks. They faced Weddington and Charlotte Catholics. So yeah, that'll be yeah. a good yeah, test. No, one. be very good
0: test. Good Absolutely. Weddington, regardless of what people think, Weddington's going to be really good. Weddington's solid. Now it's time for one of the most popular segments in the show, Cameron. It's Chelsea's World. We're going to see who Chelsea's interviewing, and we'll be right back.
6: But this week, I have Class of 23 football star Luke Bailey from Providence High School. And going into your first game, which is Audrey Kell, kind of talk about the mentality, you know, for those non-conference games.
7: Oh, yeah. So, obviously, you know, it's fun to kick off the season with a rival, especially because, you know, they kind of let the bitter taste on our mouth. Back in the spring, when we played them, uh, we didn't get to play them last year because they had COVID. And so, yeah, uh, we want this one bad. And... It's going to be a battle. That's a really good team. You know, they've got a good history. And, you know, you got a lot of friends over there as well, so that one should be fun. But then, yeah, looking forward in the non-conference. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to bring the same intensity you're going to bring for conference because, you know, it's just important when it comes down to playoffs. So, you know, we're looking forward to South Mech. They beat us last year, so we want that one back. And then we host a new team who we haven't played, Parkwood. I'm excited for that one. And then I think we got more. So, yeah, I mean, we got to attack non-conference, obviously, get some momentum rolling into conference. Um, But, yeah, we're going to play every game like it's the same. So,
6: I think that's a good idea. And, Luke, this is your senior year. Kind of talk about the role, the leadership role you've taken on for everyone else on your team.
7: Oh Yeah, I mean, as a senior, you're expected to kind of step into that leadership role, especially if you're, you know, the playmaker or you're a big time or you're one of the main players on the team. So, yeah, I mean, it was something new for me because, I mean, always I just had the seniors to be able to lead. And I just, you know, went up there and listened to what they had to say. But, you know, I've had multiple talks with my running back coach, Coach Train, and Coach Ward about, you know, how I have to be more vocal this season. And I feel like I've taken on that role pretty well, um, giving these guys a good idea of kind of what to follow. And, um, you know, we've got a good culture over here. It's not like I'm a leader to where I'm yelling at the younger kids and telling them what to do. You know, you gotta make them, you got to make them want to do it and realize that football's fun. So, um, you know, that's what I kind of try to focus on and just have them realize that, you know, the more fun you have, the better you'll play. So, yeah, I mean, I've taken on that leadership role, and, you know, a few other guys. And um, I feel like, yeah, I've taken it on pretty well.
6: You sound like a good leader to Luke to look up to. And Luke, you are a two-time all-conference athlete, and I'm sure you're going for three times. Talk about some of your other personal goals.
7: Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, I'm proud of the two times all-conference, but you know, once you've kind of established that, you want to get bigger. So, you know, I, I want that all-state. And, you know, that's something I'm striving for this year. And I think it's, I don't think it's a window. I mean, I think it's something very accomplishable. Um, so, yeah, I want that. and I. Obviously, I want to receive my first scholarship to play football. So, you know, that's really what I'm working hard for. But I'm not really thinking too much about personal goals right now. You know, I just want to win. Um, I think that's that's a big part is you can't have players, you know, focusing on um, self-accomplished goals. But, you know, obviously, you know, I'm a human. So, you know, I'm thinking about it. And Yeah, All-State's definitely a big one. And, you know, receiving that first play college football is a big one as well
6: for sure and we'll get to discussing team goals but for now I want to ask you emphasize in a tweet um yourself being an athlete in football kind of talk about what that means to you and what makes you stand out on the field
7: oh yeah I think that's something with me that kind of separates me from a lot of players on Fridays um I think coach Ward can vouch for this that you never know, can kind of put me anywhere you know obviously not on the line but uh Uh, Yeah, I I play some linebacker this summer and uh, I play some defensive back uh, and then obviously I'm moving to running back this year, but my first three years I played receiver. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's important and I think that's something that should help with my career because, um, I mean, I'm not a selfish guy. If, if, you know, if he's asked me to play one position, I'm going to go do it, give my max effort. And I think that's um, something that makes me special and versatile is that. Uh, I, I can't just play one position. You know, I think I can play it all. And if you know, I'm giving my full effort. I think I'm going to do it to the best of my ability.
6: Yeah, pretty solid all around. And going back to team goals, um, also from an athlete's perspective, what's the expectation for Providence this year, and what are you guys really working towards?
7: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we got, um, as a lot of people know, the main focus of our teams, uh, we got a big O-line. So, you know, we're expected to be able to impound this year. But, um, I mean, yeah, we just want to win. We want to win games. We want to win it all. Um, I don't think that anyone really thinks we have a chance. You know, I feel like we're normally doubted by a lot of people. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the main goal is to win it all. And um, We've been focusing. I think we've done a really good job this summer of, of wanting that and reaching that goal and working for that goal. I think you can expect a lot of wins from Providence this year. You can expect physical, fast team, you know, going to smack you in the mouth. I think, you know, a lot of people think that we're hurting because we lost nine seniors, I think, on defense. But everybody's stepping in, and they're ready to go, and um, I'll vouch for those guys any year, so.
6: Well, Luke, I look forward to seeing those results. Again, this is Luke Bailey, class of 23, from Providence High School. Thank you so much for joining.
7: Thank you.
0: All right, we're back. It's time for Mr. Football Grace. Everybody's been waiting. Who's on our preseason Mr. Football watch list that has a chance to be the state player of the
3: year? Oh, my goodness. I mean, Guru, you look at this list. Cameron, you look at this list. I I don't know. I think this for a preseason list, I mean – you could put it on the boards. You can book it. I mean, you got the first guy again, There's no order here, but I mean, there are 16 guys here that are yeah. great. We talk about Daylon Lee, with Shelby. I mean, again, watching him the state title game, watching him year round. I mean, I, we don't have his stats on here, but we don't need his stats like five, when you five, watch his film. Pass. When you watch his film, you understand what type of what type of guy he is. Yeah. Zay Bridges. You have got some other top receivers around him, but he is the engine that makes that offense go. Um, I think number two, that was our darling. Uh, it was a fr- went from fresh face to Mr. Football. Yeah, our yeah, first guy that did that yeah. was Marquise McCombs out of Chase. I mean, we talked about him first. And I, just, I remember you bringing him to our attention as one of the nation's he's leading the nation Russia, yeah. And really didn't slow down. I mean, yeah. I think you know his, a, a slowdown game for him was about maybe 250 yards. Yeah, 28 and a couple touchdowns. last year.
0: It was pretty impressive. I,
3: he, he's incredible. We look for him to do
1: the same thing.
0: Well, Chris, what do you see in Jaden Davis, the next guy on our list? What do you think about him?
1: You know, I like his swagger. I mean, obviously he's a great athlete, but he's just got a great mind. He loves football, uh, and that's the main thing. He loves football. He ain't afraid to get get in the film room and, and study film. He loves practice. And, and to me, you can love the games all you want, but Coach Grice knows this. You gotta, you need to find a kid who's willing to get his fingernails dirty and practice mm-hmm. and get in there and, and do it play after play after play. You want to be good in front of 4,000 fans, or you better be willing to do it 4,000 times with nobody watching you in practice. Absolutely. And, and that, that's what he's good at.
0: Absolutely. Then we got a guy, DJ Scott from Leesville Road, Grice, 1,500 yards last year. I'm telling you, that's the one thing. Guru is sitting there looking
3: at me. Hey, Leesville Road has got a bell cow. They got one coming back, and probably, I'd argue, one of the best in that East. Well, they oh, do, and they've
1: got a Coach that loves to run the ball. Exactly. He pounds the rock and he got an offensive line who's going to open up some lanes. So that's that, That's double trouble.
0: Isaiah McNeely is one of the leading three air rushers for last year out of Smoky Mountain. I know you like the small school guys, and there's another one that's going to be really good. Uh, Ty Turberfield was one of your favorite yes. players last year. He's coming back. He's like a double double. Guy. I, loved 2000, 2000, yes. 2000 I, I loved watching him. games. I loved watching him. The state
3: championship game. He went against that, you know, the mighty Tarboro, yeah. the Tarboro yeah. T. But he again, you could tell one of the best players on that field in that state championship game. Look for him to do the
1: same thing uh, on the, in the West and dominate. And,
0: uh, and uh, what about Folger Boyes, Chris? sir, one of, the,
1: one of the best young athletes in the state. I mean, he he's a phenomenal baseball pitcher. Uh, he's gonna win a life though. I mean, he is a f- 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 I mean, you can't think of enough superlatives to put on that kid's athleticism from the family he comes from. You know, you look at his brother, you look at his dad, both did it and doing it at the collegiate level. Uh, that guy's got everything uh, lined up to be really good this year. And,
0: Ken, we got two kids from Charlotte next up, Casey, Casey you know and Ted Hudson. We talked about Ted earlier in the show, but Casey is going to be really special, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, he comes in, you know, trailing behind the uh, – Infamous Hollywood and the Dalen Smothers. <laughs> not but, infamous, but well, not infamous yet. Not, well, in not, not, not yet, but uh, he's <laughs> one of the most well-known uh, guys from around this area. Yeah, but, he was kind of in the shadow last year. Right? Yeah, but it's good to have a you know backup option with a lot of D1 offers like Conception as well.
0: This dude's an absolute game-breaker case of Conception. They put him in the backfield of the Wildcat. He runs punch back. He had a big punt return against Hickory Ridge to turn the game around for him last year in the playoffs. This is I'll make a
1: bold prediction: oh. KC it being the finalist when it comes to Mr. Football Ooh, this year. It the no uh, there it is, for me. The There's no question. There it is,
0: for me. There's the air horn right there. I know, right? I he's back, is. baby. He's back. Uh, Mason Forshay on the Millbrook Big Time High Major quarterback. Grace, I know he's, you know, he's got that prototypical size, he's got a big arm. He was in the list last year.
3: I'm excited to see him this year. You know, I think one of the big keys here is, you know, he lost a big target. I think in Wesley Grimes. Yeah. Can he maintain that same level of production without that major, you know, big time receiver there? I mean, again, I love his you know, fundamentals. I love his numbers, love the highlights. That's going to be the key. Can he spread the ball around? And yeah, a lot of those yards
0: production. went did go to, to that one guy last year. Absolutely. Um, Chris <laughs> Colorado, Maiden, guys, committed to UNC, one of the fastest players in North Carolina. Uh, he's going to have a big year. they got a quarterback to transfer it in this year, so they're going to keep chucking the ball in Maiden. I think they're going to be really That's good. That's going to be exciting. Also,
3: Langston, for those that want to check him out, if I'm not mistaken, they've got a nice – Nice scrimmage this week against East Forsyth. Uh-oh. If I'm not, I think I got to check that. I know they're playing in Mooresville, though. Right. So, okay. anybody that's around, get a good chance to check him out to see how he's looking so far early this year.
0: All right. And then we, we talked about Noah Rogers out of Roseville as a number two or number one recruit, depending on which service you said. David Hobbs out of uh, Robinson could be the best player in North Carolina. Well, that's been great. He, he
1: might be, but I'm going to make another bold prediction. What? Well. Noah Rogers is my number one to win for Mr. Football. There yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so We can give it right so here. <laughs> well you might as go and give come, it to can him. You come on show. might as well go ahead and give it to him.
0: Yeah. Noah, oh, come on the show. Oh my goodness! <laughs> we'll yeah. have Alex come do an interview with you. Come on the show, So <laughs> I think.
3: I think. I think the key, though, again, post Byron Brown. I mean, I'm, I'm big on that. David Hodge
0: might be at
1: Alabama. Byron Brown was phenomenal. Wait till you see the new quarterback. I no, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited
3: to see it. But Byron
1: Brown was again Byron
3: Brown was a finalist. Byron Brown was a finalist on Mr. Football. So we're talking yes. about one of the best Twice. quarterbacks. Twice. Twice. One of the best quarterbacks in the state two years in a row. This guy coming in immediately has to be at that same level. Well,
0: be careful. Uh, y'all hating on my man David Hobbs. David Hobbs is the MVP of state championship basketball game. He's a star football player. He's getting recruited by everybody. 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 Yes. We're not we're not hating. It. He again, might be he might be the best player in North Carolina.
3: We are we are not hating. Again. You're I again. I, I like him. No, I, I think I think it's he's just great. I think he's an incredible guy. He's gotta make sure he puts the stats up. That's the like, problem. It's just talk.
1: unfortunate his name came after Noah Ronnie. <laughs> 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 because again
0: again we've had some top guys. You
1: Griner, talk about, Griner
0: always yeah. wants to fist it. Grinder will be back on the show by the way, Grindle wanted the defensive guys, so we got some defensive guys. Jamal Jarrett of Grimsley was on the list last year. Just expect for him to have a big number, especially without Trevor yeah, Shaw going. Yeah. Yeah, Jabron Harvey J. had 48 J. J. Think, like J. J. Harvey, titles, like, sacks.
1: Oh, yeah, SEC yeah, yeah. Harvey. SEC good. SEC good. Jayron Harvey. Is one of the top two or three best edge rushers I've seen in North Carolina. He he is that good.
0: What do you think about Christian Hamilton, I last guy on the list of Hickory Ridge. Christian was on and off the list last year. Great, uh, was it? No, Sam was fighting. No, Gary was fighting for him last year. Well, yeah, yeah, gone, but, yeah, yeah, Christian should have a big
5: year. Uh, I think he's uh, definitely poised to have a good year. You know, he doesn't have his quarterback from last year. Alex. They got Billy. new quarterback. It don't six, six foot four. He can, yeah. can really throw it. Yeah. yeah, and so that's one thing. Uh, their coach. Uh, Forget his name right now. Jupiter Wilson. Jupiter Wilson. Jupiter Wilson. Jupiter Wilson. Big Jew. Yes, What's up, Jupiter? Uh, yeah, he's he's big on uh, their new quarterback, and they he thinks that his team's ready to make a push.
0: Yeah, no, they're
3: gonna well, be really
5: good. Well, so. I, I agree. Said You forgot to mention Huddy <laughs> Dimes. We didn't
0: think Kenji would be right <laughs> then, right <laughs> now. You mean. forgot to mention Huddy Dimes. Mention. She's probably on the Twitter right now. Okay, okay, now. She I get his final his
3: senior year. I'm ready to see it. He's got a great chance to be poised to do some big things offensively. Three thousand plus? The most returning guys he's had. 3, I, think he's gonna, I think he's going to be very close. Ooh. think he's going to be very he close. he
0: throws 3,000 yards, they're going to have a really, really good year. I guess, yeah, I think he will. All right, it's time to go back, my man Alex, with the games of the week for week one. Alex, take it away.
4: And here we go as we draw closer to the first week of the regular season. It's a little different this week, and not necessarily some eye-catching traditional matchups but a lot of matchups with significance so we start off on thursday night august 18th mallard creek at myers park as i just mentioned in the rankings mallard creek which is looking to return to national level competitive form and uh, kennedy tinsley will have the mavericks ready to go Mallard Creek going to Myers Park. Very significant for Myers Park, if for nothing else, than the fact that Myers Park is in a position to play a game finally. I know that the Mustangs crowd is very, very excited about that with the litany of distractions of this past offseason. A new coach and everything else that happened off the field. So just playing a game will be very, very good and delightful for the Myers Park community should be very exciting on Colony Drive. Or right, we got Charlotte Christian traveling to Weddington mentioned Weddington and the beat goes on there and Charlotte Christian, which fell short in about five of its games last year. If you look back at the Knights ledger, you're talking three point losses, one point losses, multiple overtime losses. It, it, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing and not reflective of the quality of team that Charlotte Christian had. The biggest thing that Charlotte Christian just has to avoid is last year is last year. I know they have a a game against Providence day down the road, which will draw a lot of attention. Christian just has to ensure that anything that happened last year or anything that's awaiting this year does not become a distraction. You look at the rest of these games right here, Dudley and Page, two traditional Greensboro powers, Hope Mill, Hopewell at Cox Mill. Uh, that is the Grice Bowl. Jonathan Grice, who used to be at Hopewell and now is the Cox Mill offensive coordinator. It will be very, very intriguing there. New Hanover and New Bern, just a great Eastern North Carolina game. I have uh, Gravenscroft at Granville Central. Maybe not the same type of game as the rest of these, but – That is the first game of this season for the Ravens. Ravenscroft coach Ned Gannett begins his 42nd season there. He is the longest tenured head coach at one high school. In North Carolina state history, he surpassed Jim Odo of Charlotte Catholic, who was at Catholic for 41 years. So that's just a historical note there. Robbinsville and Asheville, great mountain game right there. State championship programs, 1A level, and at the 3A level, in a beautiful setting at Asheville Stadium. My goodness, that stadium buried into the base of the mountains is just beautiful, particularly at this time of the year. And we have Southern Durham and Wake Forest. Wake Forest returning to the historic Trentini Stadium, which was closed last year. It used to be Wake Forest University's old campus stadium when the school was located there. Beautiful stadium for football, championship program that the Cougars have, and welcoming Southern Durham to reopen that stadium. And then lastly, and North Carolina's biggest game of the week, I think most of us can agree, will be played in South Carolina. 4A state champion Cardinal Gibbons We'll have a rematch with, four a state finalist, Chambers, and that game will be played at Rock Hill's District 3 Stadium. I think we all can agree that this game will be the biggest in the state with much to discuss. Is that not right, Mr. Grice?
0: Thanks, Alex. That's a great list of games, but Grice, there's one game that stands out above all the other games in North Carolina. What you got? Come on, man.
3: You know what game we're choosing. It's Chambers Gibbons again. Uh, you gotta choose it again. The rematch, you know, Chambers is gonna come out there like Debo looking, you know, looking for uh, you know, the rematch, man. It's gonna be one of the best games, I think, in the city. I think the whole city uh, against Rock Hill and Charlotte's gonna be at this game. What has to happen for Chambers to win? All right, so again, I with this, I love doing what happens because this game is so tight. Again, Chambers, what, what happens for them to win is if they aren't starstruck by Hollywood's absence. You know, I think it's a situation in which we've seen in big games they've been able to turn that ball to Hollywood. He's been able to make some great plays. I mean, you look at the Hickory Ridge game. In the first game, he was the one that single-handedly kept them together. Yeah. You look at the, the Huff game as far as in the playoffs, and the championship game, oh, a championship out, right, game. Yeah. That touchdown one got them, you know, at least he kept him them seven. there. Yeah, yeah so I, I think, you know, they're not, star- they're not starstruck. Got key playmakers like new Western Carolina commit Zion Booker. Mm-hmm. You've got KC. you got his younger brother, Nunu, our conception. <laughs> Bubba's you got a good year this year. Bubba and Sean Kemp's gonna. he's got there. He's still leading the ones and twos at quarterback. Jeremiah Harrison, a young quarter- uh, young receiver that already has a Virginia Tech offer. Mm-hmm. Um, Prince Caldwell, the new running back, one of the guys leading that charge to try to replace, to try to replace a production of Hollywood. Up next, you know, they've gotta come prepared to play. Mm -hmm. This game, as we've already seen so far, weather is gonna play a role in some
0: form. Chambers ain't and scared. Some I mean, before, ain't
3: scared. Cardinal Gibbons, you know, that has been prepared. And we've seen when that weather is turned, whether whatever it's been, they've been able to have a surge post any kind of weather delay, yeah. any kind of weather situation. Yeah. So Chambers hopefully is gonna be prepared there, whether it's a long you know, delay, whether it's you know, rain, whatever it is, Chambers has to be prepared because I think honestly, that was the big thing in the state championship game that led to their demise. And finally, I say Anshan, Bubba Camp. You know, I feel like Anshan when He's being professional, I like to call him. He's got to give us the 704 game. You know, I think when he's played in the 704, he's been one of the best quarterbacks. In 803 though. It's right, it's right there. It's near. It's still, I can show you my 704 following. We're all still good. But again, he's got to give us his 704 game. It's just across the border. Mm-hmm. I, I think if he does that, he'll be successful. It's mm-hmm. a kid. I think you know we've seen him again. That I think the Huff game was a maturation of Anshon Camp. Yeah. I saw they're in a situation, they're down. You saw he really didn't turn. He didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. He to me was the more polished kid in that regional championship game. I thought he was the one that led his team, was able to bring them down. The big clutch throw when they needed it came from the Anshon Camp side. Yeah. So if he give us his. He gives us a seven four game. I think he's going to be successful. I think they're going to go out here and, and be on top. Okay, right?
0: flip it for our fans on the eastern side of the state. What does Cardinal Gibbons have to do to be successful?
3: Hey, you know, I got my old guys here. You know, QB Connor Clark's got to get by with a little help from his friends. You know, he lost a lot of production. Yes, you know, lost. Man. I have it here 3,600 total yards, Woo! lost 43 touchdowns to graduation. Again, you talk about big big play Shotwell. You know, Shotwell's gone. Gotta you got to replace that running back too. Ian Evans. Yep, you got the running back is gone. So again, that's I think it was twenty one hundred yards from the running back. I, I think that's a lot of production that's he gone. Had a state
0: single season rushing record last
3: year. He, I think, I had that. He was at the yeah. one game that like six yeah. touchdowns, maybe Apex. Yeah. I think yeah. who it was. I mean, again, big-time games from a lot of seniors that, that are gone. Donovan Shepard. He's got it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Donovan Shepard. Again, Blake Raphael, one of the one of the guys that's still left. I think he was the biggest producer that's back. So he's got to get some new friends. got to get some guys that are going to help him. Again, they've got to avoid being one-dimensional. I think that's going to be the big thing. One of the big keys in the game was the shot play before the weather. I think if you go back and everyone I've talked to in the state championship game, they knew the weather was coming.
0: They got him twice with the same play
3: they knew the weather was coming but you've got to you got to take that shot they were successful again getting the ball to their guys and I, and, and we can't look at it like you know we can't just look at it like they got it with the same play there were some big time guys that make plays there you know and that was the key there so again if they can utilize those shots to their advantage i think they'll be fine uh, the new defensive leaders have to step up mm-hmm. will mason's gone he's not there anymore ethan grace has got to you know has got to be there to lead the defense the linebackers i uh, was a counter seriously was another big time senior linebacker that's yeah. gone A lot of their names, you look back at their big time leaders, those guys have turned their cap, you know, that tassel to the side and they're off uh, at college right now. So Gibbons has a lot of young guys that have to step up if they're gonna, you know, match up against this Chambers offense. Coach Ferb used to say when he was there, this was the year for Chambers with yes, all those guys did, that, uh, that were that seniors. And that was with Hollywood. And that was yeah. with Hollywood, was but with you Hollywood. still have a lot of guys that are still there, and you got some newcomers that are yeah. that are there. I mean, I I could go with Armand Wright his freshman year against Rosebud, 75 yards in that state championship mm-hmm. game. Didn't even mention his name. Yeah. Chambers has a wealth of talent that, oh, that we low don't low. even talk about yeah, that are still low. there, so... Again, these defensive leaders for Gibbons have to step up to be to be successful.
0: How yep. big an advantage does Gibbons have because they won that last game? They won the big game. They're the state champions. They're the big dog. What type of – he's already shaking his head now. <laughs> <laughs> How big an advantage does Gibbons have in that, or is that an advantage at all?
2: I think it gives them uh, confidence uh, playing against uh, a Chambers, got it right, not Vance. Mm. Uh, I think it gives them a little bit of confidence that, that – um, playing the beast and, the, and not being as afraid of the beast, even though most of those that were there are gone, mm-hmm. or the, mm-hmm. as Christ noted, yeah. Yeah. the contributors, mm-hmm. I think it helps in, in that regard. Right. Uh, really, I think, and I wondered. I think the two biggest things that uh, Chambers has to be able to find, or maybe the one biggest thing Chambers has to, uh, excuse me, that Gibbons has to find uh, ability to take advantage of will be uh, mistakes that are made in discipline.
0: Um, yeah, they used to get a lot of penalties, but they could overcome them so easily in the past. Exactly. <laughs>
2: and no, 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 no. They had like
0: 20 penalties in the first half of the state championship game against Roseville. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I mean, literally, I'm not making a right. am really.
2: But I'm, sp- I'm speaking here about the mistakes uh, that Chambers makes. Yeah, yeah, that's what i uh, Right, right. right. Yeah. So um, can they overcome, can um, Gibbons overcome that? Is there
0: an advantage for Gibbons not having to play his game in Charlotte and playing in the Hill? Or does that matter? I don't think that matters. Matter. No, because no. I, I, I really
2: think the, the game's going to be the game mm. if it was played anywhere. Um, I don't think that has a, a huge impact. All
1: right, my
0: man Chris is chomping at the bit. Rebuttal, let's go.
1: If I could eloquently put it, Chambers, well, let's first start with Gibbons. Gibbons is going to be exceptionally well prepared. Yes. Coach Stephen Wright is, is among the best. Yes. And if I could channel my inner Alex Bass, I know he's not at the table. <laughs> <clears throat> Mr. Nick Drew yeah. is going to come up with an exceptional defense to, um, to stop the Chambers Cougars defense or offense. But let me put it this way. I think the fact that they don't have Hollywood is going to be to an advantage for Chambers offense. I think that they're going to be able to spread it around. Obviously, I've already mentioned that I think KC uh, is going to be one of the leaders for Mr. Football towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Bubba. You know, We saw Bubba really uh, get some true maturation during that playoff run. I watched him throughout the, the season last year just get better and better and better. I think confidence is, is going to be really well for him. Um, I, I just think that the fact that Chambers is going to come into this game with a huge chip on their shoulder, I think they've got a lot to prove. And any time Chambers are on the road, I know they're kind of a home team in Rock Hill, but you yeah. get that team on the road, you get a chip on their shoulder. Uh, you know, one thing that I think gets overlooked, and I know that they had a lot of penalties last year. You know, last year they couldn't long snap to save their lives. Yes, if they could have long really. snapped. I mean, they they would that, that, have, have won the games they probably didn't win. Yeah. Um, if they can get through that, they're still – an exceptionally well-coached team, even though they make mistakes. They're going to be prepared. They're going to spread the ball around. Again, I think that not having Hollywood is not going to allow that Nick Drew defense to really pin their ears back and try to stop one facet, and it's going to allow Chambers to be a little bit more multi-dimensional than maybe they have in the past. And that's why if I was to give an edge to either of the teams, I think it would be Chambers. Now, with that being said, Cardinal Gibbons is a phenomenal team. They're the defending state champions. I mean, as we we mentioned it, they are phenomenal. Heck, uh, phenomenally coached, um, great on all facets of the game, special teams, defense, offense, everything. But I just, for some reason, and, you know, I typically get these little feelings in the pit of my stomach, I just think that Chambers is going to be ready. Give me a pick and a score. I'm, I'm going to pick Chambers, man. I'm not going to go out there on a limb and not pick Chambers. I'm, I'm not going to waffle around score. it. Give me a score. 24-17. Pick and a score. 28-17. Uh, Who? Uh,
2: thinking this I can't
3: pick it. Can't I, honestly, pick it. I think it's gonna be right there. It's gonna be a touchdown. The
0: key for me is just fourth quarter game.
3: It's all oh, no, fourth yeah. quarter game without question. Both both games were down to the wire. But I think the key with it, and, and we kind of talk about it. But when one thing I think even even Guru got to. The number of kids from Chambers that played in the state championship game yeah. versus the number of kids from Gibbons that played in that state championship game—massive advantage for Chambers in that. You've got a lot of kids from Gibbons that graduated. Can they handle that hostile environment? Because playing Chambers is
0: unlike any other team to play. Last question. Is this the first of two? You said, is this the first of two? No. No, not first of two.
1: First of two? No, I think it's, this is the only two—the th- only time to go play it this
0: year. First of two.
2: I agree. I think it's the only time,
0: time that All right. We'll see what happens. That's all right, it's time for coach versus coach. Uh I'm gonna be you. You're gonna be <laughs> Sam. Sam will be back. I keep telling y'all, Sam will be back. Um so our first question, oh, we gotta flip a coin. So I'm gonna flip my imaginary coin, Chris. You call it.
1: I always go heads. Oh well, that's so it. Heads. So Chris, you
0: you wanna kick or I wanna defer. you gonna defer. All I'm right, defer. Grace. coming to you. All right. All right, first question. The NIL has made a permanent home in college sports, but only a handful of state supported a high school. Should North Carolina be next? I think North Carolina should be next. Um, you know I think it's a situation
3: in which, you know, you've got a lot of top talent around here. Um, the big thing I think with NIL that would help high school kids over collegiate athletes is the fact that they're still kids. They're under 18. So when you provide kids or giving them money, you know the biggest thing, of course, with my background, you talk about tax implications. That's something that would be owned in this situation by the parent, or at least you would have parents there with them to provide the best advice and guidance for them handling money. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a situation in which you won't see as much of the astronomical amounts at, an, at a high school level, because I think, you know, with college, you start to look at the big money that television revenue brings in, and I think the money's starting to match in kind with the revenue that's brought in there. Mm-hmm. And with high school, I think it would be at a level in which wouldn't be overwhelming for the kids, but still could provide some benefits to kids that are providing that benefit in turn for the school
0: system. I bet if I was daily Lee and Shelby, I could buy a car with NIF.
1: Well, you probably could. Yeah. You know, Coach Christ, you talk with such fiduciary uh, responsibility. <laughs> you sound like you've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. You know, I would love. I'd love to um, to be the contrarian right here and, and go opposite of his point. But I, I think that to some lesser degree, it could be implemented in high school. You know, I, I don't think that I want to see high school players being paid six figure kind of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and also don't want to ruin the fact that they're minors and that they're kids and, you know, put such a burden on them to where it takes the fun out of the game. Yeah. But if, if it was um, kind of wrangled in and done in a responsible manner that's appropriate for the size and scope of the game and, and not again, not putting too much pressure on the kid, I would be okay with it.
0: All right, Q Tucker, watch this show, Q. You heard it from the two, the two specialists right here. All right, Chris, the East-West All-Star football game is moving from July, which I know you didn't necessarily like, to December. Okay, is that a good thing? Because now they're going to be going up against a lot of other high school All-Star
1: games. It's the only thing that could save the game. I've been outspoken for years saying that they need to quit playing that game in July because it's become a – an all-star game of future semi-pro players that maybe would never play a collegiate snap. Mm -hmm. So I am exceptionally ecstatic to see that game move to December. I hope that it's played maybe the Friday night before the Shrine Bowl or somehow the other, not put it on the same day back to back, you know, best case scenario would be that the Shrine Bowl bring the game back to Charlotte. I've been saying that for years, have them both in close proximity where the coaches could go to practices at both games and maybe even make it in a big event. Um, But I think that it's, Home, run if, home run,
0: if you're the star player, Chris Hughes, you're 18. You're the best tight end in the state of North Carolina. What game would you play? Would you play in the Shrine Bowl? Would you play in East West? I, I gotta go with the Shrine Bowl, You, I mean.
1: you know, there's there's other games out there. I know there's Under Armour. There's the Carolina Bowl. There's the East West. There's a lot of games to pick from. But, you know, the Shrine Bowl is the oldest high school football game in America. So the it still oldest be, high school it's All-Star still going to watered game, down in December. So you, you, you know, it goes back to my question earlier in the state. What makes high school football important, representing your community? you got to represent your state in this aspect.
0: Right.
3: And I think that's the reason you keep it in July. I'm from Greensboro. You're never going to get me to choose to move this game to December. This is a situation everybody wants the stars. Everybody's looking there. And I think that's what the East-West game has become is what the essence of high school football should be about. I don't care if these kids aren't going to college. If they, I don't care as long as you have the best program, I don't care if you're from Mitchell, I don't care if you're from Manio. Wherever you're from, if you played well in high school, it doesn't matter how many stars are beside your name. You represented your community at an all-star level. You got the opportunity to represent them in a, in a game in July. Again, it, it, you know, and, and of course, coming off the NIL question, it's not like such a hypocrite. I don't care. <laughs> this, do? is a, this is a game where you've got kids that have represented them well. They've got one more chance to lace it up with their friends playing in a game representing at the high school level. I am completely fine with keeping it in July because we're having those games in December are still having issues too. Those games aren't just because they're in December. They're not cur- curing all ills. Okay. You don't have guys that are going there.
0: All right, let me take you to 18-year-old Bryce. You're the best defensive lineman in the country. I mean, in the state, are you going to play the Shrine Bowl, the East-West, or the, the Queen City Shrine Bowl? It depends on where I'm from. I think that's also a piece there, too. If I'm from Charlotte, I want to play in the Queen
3: City Bowl. If I'm from Greensboro, put me in the East-West game. I'm from there. Yeah. That's right there in front of my family. It's played in Jameson State, It's been played there forever. Mm-hmm. It's going to be at a place at a time which I've grown up as a little kid going to see and I love that the same reason I love the Queen City Bowl because it represents Charlotte, and the kids look to go there. It's the same reason, as a kid from the 3 6 I've wanted to play in July
0: at that All-Star game. All right, I've got to bring in the third coach right here. Right. Is, is this going to water down all these games? Because is Charlotte going to become a regional game? Is, is Greensboro become a regional game? And then the best players are going to go to Triumph Bowl and still go to Under Armour and, and U.S. Army Bowl?
2: Well, I still think that the, the best players are going to go to uh, – when we look local, it's going to be the Shrine Bowl and then the East-West. Mm-hmm. Um, and the so in the front of the Queen's national Six- games, yeah. yeah, exactly. The national games I don't think impact that as much because we don't have that many yeah. national yeah. players. Yeah. But, uh, does it water it down? Uh, not really. I think it just shifts it. If it shifted, which mm-hmm. I would like to see it shift, because mm-hmm. I'd like to see it played in
0: a football, you know, time frame right, when right, we're right, playing right. football, right? right? Uh, most guys coaches don't want their recruits to play in July, right?
2: Most do not, and and but truthfully, most of the kids that are in the East West aren't uh, on, college. on college rosters, and that's not a slap against them. It's, no, it's changed. But it's just a game. It's just it's, it's, a game. It's, it's just the it's game. Changed, it's changed. The rule the of the game. And
0: even the basketball, is it, kind of in soccer, kind of getting that way too. All right, uh, I started with Greg. It's his turn. <laughs> his turn. Okay, I'm not as good as you doing this. Uh-huh. Um, has the rest of the state caught up to Charlotte Grace? Is the dynasty
3: there? We just had a regional championship game of two Charlotte teams that was a conference game in week five, and all of a sudden now the rest of the state caught up because of a rainy game in Raleigh where the other school walked across the street. He said that kind of gives them a That's what That's what Coach Wright said. He said he was walking across the street. We talked about that. Just because you have one situation, what did I say, the broken clock is right twice a day? Yeah. Two years ago we had the West winning all eight of the state championship games that were held. Yeah. One team wins all of a sudden and we've got a crisis. I think it's a situation in which you had an excellent team mm-hmm. beat another pretty excellent team mm-hmm. to avenge the loss they had from Week One. Everybody wants to be wants to overreact to these situations. Charlotte's still king until these teams come down on the, from the West. They come down and take the mantle. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is still going to be king. Eastern sides had a great opportunity last year against Huff. Hey, you got to take that opportunity. If East Versailles is going to be that team, which I always call you know, them the baby I making in that conference, win your conference, get the one seed, have everybody come to Kernersville and take it from you. That That's the way to fix that. Play hard teams, win your conference, get the one seed, and have them come to Kernersville to take your crown. Outside of that, you're still coming down 85 or 77, whichever's closer, and playing on the north side of Charlotte as it's been for the past five to ten years. Yeah. That's how it is. That's how it's going to be. We're going to see
1: that until the, my 336 area decides to make, make something about that.
0: That's not dead. What do you say?
1: I want to say it's not dead, but I'm, I'm going to say that with an asterisk and a little bit of a caveat. I do think Charlotte is still the best brand of football in the state of North Carolina, mm-hmm. but uh, we've seen in recent moves uh, ineligibilities, forfeits, different things like that. You know, there there is a definite crackdown in a lot of the player movement and things of nature here within CMS and within the Charlotte area. And I do think that that could negatively affect some of the dynasties and maybe positively affect some of the other teams who have been losing players. Uh, So, you know, you may have some of the talent more spread out than maybe it's been in the past. And maybe you don't have that dominant team that makes a run year in and year out. But with that being said, I still think the coaching, uh, the importance, you know, a lot of what the players do. You know, one thing, and and, and I'll give Grice and a lot of the other guys that do this, that makes football in this area so much better is that it's a year-round deal. You've got the 7-on-7 You've got a lot of the personal training and football-specific you training.
0: Gave you a shout-out 7-on-7. 7-on-7 is still fake <laughs> right, football. 7-on-7 right,
1: is still fake football. I'm going to say that. <laughs> just... If there ain't offensive linemen, it's fake football. Right. But with that being said, I do think that Charlotte's still got better talent, mm-hmm. I, but I think that they're catching up. East for side, amazingly talented. Easter Scythe, you know, we talk about Easter Scythe like they're just some new run-of-the-mill team, new no kid on the block. Easter Scythe has minutes. been in big-time, competitive big-time games on the state level yeah. since 2009. So, I mean, they, they've been at about 11 and 12 years under Coach Todd Willard. And, and let's not forget, 1993, 1992, they won the 4A state championship game and dominated football. So, I mean, it's not yeah. like they're a new kid on the block, but they, this year, they're they're, they're, they're the real deal.
3: No, no, we're it. not saying that. I mean, even even in four single, a, they dominated. Was that three straight? They went on a run in four single a? or a small. I mean, again, they've yeah. been successful. No, they, yeah, yeah, And, I, and sure. no one saying it like that. But when you put the fight club together, you're in there with that light heavyweight, turn there with heavyweight. So that you got. I think the thing, thing
0: is, if you had to be multiple Charlotte teams in multiple weeks, I think it kind of wears on you. Do. But just to finish my like other about, Charlotte teams, <laughs>
1: it, it, just to finish this thought though. I think it's only going to get Charlotte bigger. I think the triad's only going to get bigger Mm -hmm. because, sadly, and we see this year in and year out, programs like Richmond, Scotland, some of the far eastern teams that used to be dominant Mm -hmm. are getting a little bit smaller by the year, and that's just a sad fate of reality that, you know, jobs are scarce scarce, out there. People are moving more to the center of the state. So, you know, while the traditional powers are not what they were, Charlotte's getting bigger by the day. We see heard
0: hurting Shelby though. Uh, <laughs> Shelby just keeps on. Hey, there's
1: something in that water out there. I don't know what they're feeding <laughs> them, and I wish I could bottle it and give it to some other schools. I make some money. Uh,
0: before we get to Grice's final thoughts, I did want to ask you guys about Hollywood. We, we touched on a little bit. Um, would you guys like to see him play? And I start Absolutely. with that. Would you guys like to see him play? Do you think there's enough out there for CMS to hold him back, or did there's enough gray area that you just kind of let him go?
2: I'd like to see him play, obviously, because he's. Uh, Phenomenal. And I'm talking about just a person that yeah. I would like to see him yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Not knowing enough about all the inner details. It's very great. It's very gray. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see a an opportunity or a um, maybe CMS to weigh more on the player side of things if it's, if it's uh, an iffy situation. But really, since it's so gray, it's hard to say. But as a fan... He's a phenomenal athlete, yeah. and uh, he's an exciting young man.
0: He's fun to cover, too. He's yeah. fun to get on an interview. He's, exactly. He's, he's a fun kid. He's a really fun kid. He wants to graduate in the Sempergallic School. What do you think, Chris?
1: Well, I'm with Dale. Uh, you know, I want to see them err on the side of the kid. You know, if there's enough gray area, you know what? I would rather give the opportunity to the kid. You talk about being inclusive and, and giving opportunities to kids. Well, hey, here's your chance. But you know what? I, I'm I'm with Dale. Dale, I don't know the the ins and outs. There there's a probably a lot of things that none of us at this table are to privy to, yes. and there's got to be a reason that they're holding them out. Yes. Uh, so you know, and that will never be acknowledged. It's probably transparent enough for us to ever know. Uh, but I would like to see him play. I think it'd be fun. And if he can't play, I'm all for giving him his own segment here on Talking Press well, yeah, because no, I think he'd be phenomenal.
0: <laughs> yeah, we definitely got yeah. him we're Talking Press. Uh, CMS gets a lot of flack, but we don't always know what they know and they can't tell us because it's pretty, I mean, private, but... Do you, you know, given what we've heard, do you think he should play this year? Would you like to see him play this year? I think he should play. And, again, I'll
3: take it a step further. You know, we talk about that transparency. And when we talk about a minor and actually put that kid's name, because, again, if it was a legal situation, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be allowed to talk about that kid individually. If we're splattering a a kid's name in a paper and seeing him all over social media, Mm -hmm. that we should be transparent enough to understand why he's being held out. And I do think, from my standpoint, I, I am frustrated and I hurt for that kid Again, this is a kid, so he's not the one making ultimately making his own decisions. Again, you have parents. You know, one would one would expect for those parents to be making those decisions. But if we're going to put a kid's name out loud, we're going to blast him and, and say he's the reason to kind of give you a know, point and say he's guilty. We need to see some sort of transparency regarding that due process. Well, no, of I mean, what's going
0: he, on. he is a kid, and and there are a lot of people asking. I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on him. You know, I'm sure he gets asked, "Are you playing? Are you not playing?" You know, 58 times a day. I mean, there's got to be a lot of pressure on him. If he plays as Sam coaches, can West Charlotte win a 3 championship? Yes. So,
2: just one thing. Uh, one of the things that has bothered me, and it started really back with the West Charlotte thing back in 2007, mm-hmm. and that is that we punish kids and not the adults that did the actions that caused the kid to be ineligible. That kid did not make that decision. Right. And, any situation that's happened here with Hollywood is the same scenario he's not the one that made the decisions i understand that you there there has to be punishment but why do we punish players and schools and not punish the adults that actually did the forging? Did the fraud? Why are we not punishing them instead? Alleged, allegedly, exactly. Why are we not punishing them? Why are we punishing the kids? That's my so that's problem. A, that's
0: a very good question. We'll leave it there. Um, you're gonna stand in for man Sam tonight. Grace's final thoughts. I mean, this is for my guy. Again, this this segment is for Sam's
3: final thoughts. This is his segment. This is he is a regular contributor on the show. He will be back on this show. Um, You know, again, this segment and my final thoughts are with him. My prayers are with him. He's a guy, again, if, you know, no matter right or wrong, that's a guy I consider a friend. I tell him all the time, for the things he does, I can understand why people love you, and I can understand why people want to get you out of here. But the one thing that I think we all can agree is that he will do whatever he can to help any kid in need. And if we have coaches around here that are like that, removing them from this coaching fraternity, removing them from this coaching world is not something that I completely agree with. I see clearly with the situation, I don't have all the details, we have parties that are, are that are at odds and I think one of the things in this world that we have that is frustrating is that people can't sit down and come and have a conversation and create a reasonable resolution to the situation and I think that's the biggest tragedy here. You have kids that are hurting, you have parents that are bothered, you have people that don't appreciate or don't like what's going on whether they're for him or whether they're against him Mm -hmm. but I think the problem that I I have with this world the problem I have with this situation is that there is no conversation there's no transparency there's no working to create a resolution for the situation so Sam you know our prayers are with you you know we, we support you we you know fight like hell Sam fight like hell for what you believe in if you believe you've done nothing wrong if you've done nothing wrong fight like
0: hell all right well that's well said Um, That is episode one of Talking Preps. I'm Langston, that's Grace, that's the guru, the number one voice of high school football, Chris Hughes, my man Dale Ross, and we are Talking Preps.